In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and I would like to thank all our listeners for listening to us every week. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what the show is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data production regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time, or download us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you want to hear about on this show. I'd love to get an email from you. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. And on to today's episode. Now, technology startups today are kind of like mushrooms in the forest. You know, they're, they're just spurting up all over the place. But unfortunately, about 90% of them fail in this digital startup age because it's absolutely essential for your business to have the right product and to keep the right customer in focus. And only with that can you manage to get things done and you can manage to thrive. Now, this struggle to thrive is not only among technology companies, but it's also across the board in most business sectors when it comes to startups. It is estimated there are 125 million micro, small, and mid-sized businesses all over the world that are startups, including 89 million emerging in emerging markets, and they are growing faster and faster than ever before. Now, these small to medium enterprises and businesses in this sector are frequently acknowledged by governments as an important engine for the creation of jobs and the enhancement of the economic growth. But unfortunately, in the SMB world, small and business, small and medium businesses, or SME, if you'd like to call it small and medium enterprises, only 50% of all these businesses make it and 50% fail in the first year. But it's for completely different reasons than technology companies. Very often they fail because they do not have the right product or service, but they also fail because they don't know how to help their customers find them online. It does not matter if it's a website, an e-commerce site, or a social media page. You have to be online or you have to have the combination of one or all three to be found. And this doesn't matter if you conduct business 
online or don't. Today, we're going to talk with a technology startup that has been successful not only in the technology sector by finding the right products, but most exciting, this company with their products help SMEs and SMEs bees be successful. Our guest today is Garrett Turner. He's an experienced software developer, engineer, and technology manager with over 15 years experience. And he has gained extensive experience in the software development, application architecture, database design, and operational management sector. But he is also an expert with startup organizations. And he has a deep knowledge of what is required to grow and scale a technology company over time. He is one of the co-founders of the company Boostability, a U.S.-based company specializing in building the online presence of small businesses throughout the world by providing them effective, affordable online marketing solutions. He has served as the chief technology officer of Boostability since their beginning in 2009. And as I said, he's experienced with startups, so he knows what to do and he knows how to help small businesses. So, Jared, I'd like to welcome to you to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, first, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your company, okay? Um, you started in 2009. Can you tell us a little bit about Boostability? Yeah, Boostability really was uh, started back in 2009, and we originally started it as a DIY company so that small businesses could do the work of SEO and some of the the link building and content creation themselves as a step-by-step DIY solution, what we found was businesses had the inclination, but they didn't have the time. Small businesses are busy running their businesses. So uh, we pivoted after about a year in business to uh, do it for me instead of a do it yourself. And that is really where the company started taking off. And then, um, you know, we, we provide SEO services, website services, um, and link building and content related services. Mm-hmm. So now, was this the first startup that you, technology startup that you started? No, uh, this is the third one that I've been a part of. Um, if you go back into the late 90s, I was part of a small uh, search company called aha.com, and it was it was a pay-per-click search engine, even before AdWords and some of the big boys got into the marketplace. And um, I was one of their core engineers and helped build their search platform and their billing platform. And we eventually grew that company and sold it to uh, MarchX in Seattle in uh, the early 2000s. And then uh, I was part of Orange Soda, for those of you that might know this space a little bit. Mm-hmm. I helped start that company and helped build their um, bid management platform that was heavily uh, geared around maximizing PPC spend for SM- SMBs as well. And we, I had a desire to, st- to start an SEO company um, within Orange Soda and to build a platform that would allow us to scale SEO just like we had scaled PPC. And the leadership there had uh, other desires. And so that's when I spun out and founded Boostability and, and uh, created an SEO fulfillment platform. 
Okay, so so you've had a few uh, successful startups, um, and I'm going to come back to that a little bit later on on your advice for our listeners of, about starting, you know, how to make startups successful. But let's talk a little bit about this SEO, okay? For our audience, uh, some I think a lot of them are familiar with SEO, but can you just give us some insight into SEO? Absolutely. So SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. And in a nutshell, it's what you can do to your website um, that's both intrinsic to the site and and to the pages of your website, as well as the content, the markup, um, the nuts and bolts, the behind the scenes, and then also building links and content that point back to your website, all with a purpose to rank organically in the search engine results of the major search engines like Google and Bing and and DuckDuckGo. So when people go and search for a landscaping um, and you're a landscaper, you want to come up in that that first page in Google and capture that that active audience. And we assist businesses in getting ranked for the terms that and for the products and services that they provide. Now, you had, you had said when you were at your other startups that you got interested in, in helping businesses with SEO. So why did this interest you so much? Well, uh, SEO has, has been a marketplace that is, in, in history, before Boostability came into the marketplace, um, they were served through higher-end agencies, and it really was outside the reach of the SMB crowd. The, the cost the cost to pay for a campaign or to pay for in-house uh, personnel was just prohibitive. And so these small businesses that really needed to be ranked and needed the eyeballs in the search results and needed to, to gain customers and traction that way, they just couldn't afford to pay the prices that traditional agencies uh, charge. So we wanted to, to create an option for the, literally the millions of SMBs that needed uh, this service and just couldn't afford to pay for it. So Boostability was founded to create a scalable alternative for these these low-cost budgets and these low-cost campaigns so that we could truly provide a robust SEO product experience at the budgets that these SMBs can afford. So, so your focus was really let's help these little guys, okay, or little medium guys. Um, and why is SEO so important for them? Well, it, it's also important because the only other way that they're going to get significant traffic to their website is to use a paid um, click platform like an AdWords platform. Mm-hmm. That's also cost prohibitive for a small business because they might spend dollars and and at a time for a single click, and if that doesn't convert uh, for them as a business, then they, they're losing out on some really precious capital that that SMB needs to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. And, and when, you did, when you started this with the SEO, did, were you also doing the websites at the same time, or, or did, what was, the, was it the horse and the cart, or what happened, or you decided we're going to do both of this? That's a great question. Um, so we didn't we didn't come up with a full website um, products officially, but what we did do is in the SEO product construct, 
any on-site changes or uh, implementation of content, uh, even tagging, things of that nature, we would provide that service to the business as long as they give us the, the level of access that we would need. Uh, but what we found is there were a lot of customers that just simply it, their website platform or the structure of their website was fundamentally flawed and they needed an entirely new website. And so that's when we uh, built a full website product offering. We have multiple integrations with, with various website platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay. And were the, uh, did you find that the SMBs, they weren't website ready or they weren't SEO ready and you really had to do a lot of education process with them? Yes, the education is a big factor. Uh, what we find is that it, the, the businesses just simply want customers and mm-hmm. logistics and, and the complexity are, are um, you know, it's something that they just don't really care to even get into the weeds about. So, um, yeah, we, it, was, it was really just a way to give them that benefit and um, not not require that level of education to be present with, with the customer. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure that probably some of the SMEs, you know, they had their cousins doing their websites or their son just got out of college and stuff. And so it was probably kind of a relief to get a professional in there and get some advice. Yes, you- absolutely. Most of the websites, I would say probably more than 50% of the websites that we encounter uh, they are not structured very well and mm-hmm. they are even not, um, they're not even on platforms that are kind of optimal. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, we're going to take a short bake, Jared. And that's what I want to talk about when we get back. Cause I wouldn't really understand, you know, how help our audience understand how SEO works, um, what an SEO campaign is and, and how do you optimize your website? And we'll talk a little bit, go a little bit more in depth after the break. And for our audience, we are talking with Jared Turner, and he's an experienced software developer, engineer, and technology manager with over 14 years experience. And he is one of the co-founders of Boostability, a U.S.-based company specializing in building the online presence of small businesses through the world by providing effective, affordable online marketing solutions. And Jeff is the CT, uh, Jared is the CTO of Boostability and an expert on startups in the technology sector. Now, you can connect with Jared at Jared Turner on Twitter or on LinkedIn at Jared Turner. And if you want to look at Boostability, you can go to Boostability.com. And Boostability is also on Facebook and Twitter at Boostability and on Instagram under Boostability. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, this show is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's most extensive digital and marketing and local search nonprofit association. And Cinda conducts market research and holds digital conferences two times a year in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And their next conference will be coming up in Lisbon October 13th to 16th. For more information on that, you can go to www.cinda.com and you'll be able to meet some of the executives from Boostability at the Cinda conference in Lisbon. So please join us 
there. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about technology startups and a very successful technology startup in the area of SEO. And we're speaking with Jared Turner, and he's an experienced software developer, engineer, and technology manager with over 14, 15 years experience. And he is one of the co-founders of Boostability, a U.S.-based company specializing in building the online presence of small businesses throughout the world by providing effective, affordable online marketing solutions. So, Jared, we, we kind of got a big picture of the company and and why you got into it and and your experience with startups and I'd like to get a little bit more into the art and science of SEO okay so can you just explain to us how SEO works yeah so um, Google and the search engines have certain criteria that they use to make a determination of how closely a website matches that criteria for inclusion in their search result index. So uh, let's use, for example, the term landscaping that we, that we talked about earlier. When you, when you are at your computer or on your mobile device and you type in the word landscaping, that goes out to the search engine and they have to try to make the best determination of how to satisfy what's called search intent. 
So you have an intent to find something and they have to try to deliver the best user experience possible based on what you typed. And <clears throat> that's where it starts on the Google side. Now, on the website side of the various landscapers that are vying for that, um, that search traffic and that visibility, they have to do certain things on their website related to meta tags, uh, HTML markup, schema.org markup, um, content and the layout of the page, the rendering and speed at which the page renders. There's, there's a variety of factors that all deal with the actual website itself that Google looks at and analyzes with their Google bot, their scraping bot, because it's crawling the web just constantly. And so it, it's doing all of that and analyzing all of those things to make a determination of whether you deserve to be considered for um, inclusion in that index. And even, even if you are uh, considered and you are included, it still doesn't mean that you're going to stay there. It means that then Google starts looking at it with a different lens. They start looking at it to say, okay, I showed uh, Bob's landscaping. That user was shown it in a search result page, and they clicked on it. They came to Bob's Landscaping uh, Services page, let's say, for example. Now, if that person leaves immediately and comes back to Google, Google is able to know that that user didn't have their search satisfied, and they go down and click another listing. Well, that bounce rate that happened on your website is an indicator to Google that that search intent wasn't satisfied, that they didn't have a good user experience. So not only is it getting the eyeballs on you, but it's also making sure that when that person comes to your website that they receive a good experience, whether it's visually, whether it's contextually, and the content that you have. Um, it can be reviews and star ratings. There's, there's a litany of reasons um, that can add to and, and promote a, a really solid user experience on your website. So how do you determine if you have good content for SEO or, or you don't have good content? So it, it, it needs to be contextually relevant. Um, <clears throat> if, you have, if you have a page that's about your services and let's say, for example, that you do um, you know, sprinkler repair, you do um, sod install, you do sprinkler installs, and maybe you do outdoor lighting. Um, and those are kind of the, the specialties that you focus on. Well, let's say that a person is searching for landscape pavers, and that's, a tr that's something that you don't do, but because the word landscaping is on your page, Google sees that, and then they add you to the search index. Well, that user is going to search for landscaping pavers. You might actually get clicked on or be included, but then that user comes, and that content isn't, it, it's not relevant to what the person searched for. And so that's, it, they're going to have a poor experience. So the content has to be really geared around your core audience and the products and services that you do provide. And there, there's this concept where you need to have pages and you need to have a, a focused campaign so that it's terms that you deserve to receive traffic for. And, and that's something that has evolved over time within the SEO industry is um, you used to be able to get 
literally thousands and thousands of terms to rank for whether you deserved that traffic or not um, through kind of some legacy and shady tactics, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. So is that is that where, I mean, I hear the words relevance and trust a lot when we talk about, when, 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 when people talk about SEO. Is that what you're talking about, kind of that relevance and trust? Yeah, there's um, two aspects of that. There's both the relevance and trust that Google and the search engines um, classify you as, and then also websites that might have links pointing back to your website, they're also building some trust and authority. And then the users that are coming to your site and the experience that they're having and how much time on site they have, whether they go back and bounce and click through on subsequent search results, that also is building more authority and trust, both with the user as well as additionally with Google and, and the various search engines. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so we have all this, let's just say I have the super website and I've got this content and I have built pages and um, but that still is, isn't going to guarantee to land me on the first page of Google, is it? No, no, there's no, there's no guarantee. <laughs> so what, so t- talk to me about an SEO campaign. How does that help you rank in, in relevance? What, what exactly do you help the customers with then? Yeah. So the first thing that we, that we start off doing is we audit the customer's website and it, there's a variety of things that are comprised in that audit. Um, we look at the structure of the website, we look at the navigation, uh, we look at what the products and services are of that business and whether the various pages do or can satisfy search intent related to the terms they're targeting. We look at um, backlinks and links that are pointing to the website, whether they're from good sites or bad sites. Uh, We look and see if there's any errors on the site that need to be addressed or fixed. We look at the word count and how it compares to their competition. Um, we look at the mobile friendliness of the web page. So those are some of the things that we look at in the in the audit process, and those are brought up when we do our onboarding with the in the client with the client. We also do an exhaustive keyword research um, process, and that looks at really in depth what keyword and phrases that customer should be targeting. And oftentimes that can be constrained by maybe their budget. You know, if they're if they're spending uh, maybe a few hundred dollars a month for their campaign, but they are a lawyer in Los Angeles, California, that's a hyper competitive marketplace, and that's not quite a sufficient budget to really move the needle. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we are constrained by by the budget of the client, um, but we will give them the kind of the optimal keyword. Uh, competitiveness of the term as it relates to the budget um, in that keyword research process. Now, all that information kind of flows back up to our um, the person that in the company that interacts with the client and does the onboarding with with the SMB. They present both the information from the site audit as well as the research, and they kick off the the start of the campaign. They get they get buy off um, on the keyword targeting and understand the goals that the customer is trying to achieve. And then that's when the, the work starts. And the work is usually, uh, it begins with on-site work that deals with opt- optimizing the various targeted pages and uh, looking at the markup and adding any content that may be uh, needed or even massaging that content, making it a little better. And then um, 
over time building links and building profiles and and um, just driving more and more uh, value and content through on-site and off-site um, work. Okay. And and while you're going through this, um, you know, there's always a, a anytime you have a big guy like Google, there's always a lot of controversy around it. Also, so are there are there any like real showstoppers that Google doesn't like that could hurt some from somebody from getting getting ranked well on Google? I'm, I mean, I've heard about all these little tricks and things. Is there, uh, is there some like no-nos out there? Absolutely. So um, SEO, just like any other industry, has progressed over the last 20 years. Um, and what used to work and what used to be a green-lighted tactic from any of the search engines uh, Many of them are considered no-nos and taboo today. Mm-hmm. Keyword stuffing is a, is a legacy one where you would just um, you would make a huge block of text the same color as your background on your website, so the user didn't see it, but the scraping bots couldn't decipher that it was a different color. So all they would see is this really rich text that had uh, thousands and thousands of keywords, and you would rank for just insanely amounts uh, of, of, of terms. And so that's one that, that has really kind of gone gone by the wayside. Um, link farms are another thing. It's, it's where in order to get backlinks, backlinks still have their value, but people were manufacturing um, sites that had all this interlinking and that would link back and then had reciprocal linking and it really was just something that Google has been able to ferret out um, through various algorithm updates and changes. And so that's no longer considered a, a viable tactic. And what's interesting to me is that, you know, there's there's the term black hat and white hat SEO. And some even, you know, like to say gray hat. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it depends on who you talk to in the industry. Um, oftentimes, the litmus for us is whether it improves the visibility and the ranking for the client and whether we believe that it's that's truly satisfying that search intent for the customer and and trying to better the web in general, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And better that in general for me as a user, finding relevant information and and um, that that makes a lot of sense. And Jared, just a quick, you know, everybody talks about Google, okay? But we're not we're not just talking about Google here. We're talking about Bing. We're talking about other sites. Is is it generally kind of the same practice across the board? Yeah, people take people take their uh, nod from Google as far as the guidelines and the the best practices. And the evolution. I mean, they are the 800-pound gorilla in the marketplace. And so, it, what you what you do on to optimize for Google and, and adhere to their best practices and guidelines will will yield you the same results across the board. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we're going to take another short break, Jared. And when we come back, um, I want to just stay on the art and science a little bit, and I want to ask you about how voice search might be changing. Um, you know, finding relevant businesses. And then I'd like to to pick your brain a little bit on technology startups because you've done three successful startups and you might have some tips for our listeners in the technology uh, industry on, on how to make those successful. 
And for our listeners, we are talking with Jared Turner, and he's an experienced software developer, engineer, and technology manager with over 14, 15 years experience. He is one of the co-founders of Boostability, a U.S.-based company specializing in building the online presence of small businesses throughout the world by providing effective, affordable online marketing solutions. And he is the CTO at Boostability and an expert on startups in the technology sector. Now, if you'd like to connect with Jared, you can connect with him at Jared Turner on Twitter and on LinkedIn under Jared Turner. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Boostability, please go to www.boostability.com. You can also find Boostability on Facebook and Twitter under at Boostability and on Instagram under Boostability. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. You're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And you can connect with me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, this show is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's most extensive digital marketing and local search nonprofit associations. And Cinda conducts market research and holds digital conferences two times a year in Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And their next conference is in Lisbon, October 13th to 16th. For more information on that conference, you can go to www.cinda.com and you will be able to meet some of the executives of Boostability at that conference in Lisbon where they will be giving a presentation. So do join us in Lisbon under www.cinda.com. And with that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're speaking with a successful technology company in the United States and in Berlin. They have an office. And we're talking with Jared Turner. He's an experienced software developer, engineer, and technology manager with over 15, 14, 15 years of experience. And he's one of the co-founders of Boostability. And, Jared, we've been talking a lot about the art and science of SEO, which has been really interesting in helping us kind of understand how things work. So I kind of have the loaded question. Um, you, you know, SEO, when I think about it, I go to Google and I kind of type in and I search, but there's so much voice search now. And now I know they say that only 10 or 15 percent of the people are, are searching by voice. Um, but that's growing rapidly. How How is that going to change um, SEO or what kind of effect is that going to have on everything? That's a great question. So uh, I'm going to answer that by being a little nostalgic. So Google and, and the major search engines have had to index sites and and try to use an inference model. And what that means is when they would come to your website and they would look at all this content, all the words on the website, they had to infer what it is your page would satisfy and what it what what keyword phrases and search terms they should send to that site. And, they, and it was a heavy, heavy inference model because they just didn't know. Um, a lot of the times people could misrepresent what they were and, and just kind of use hairy tactics to, to manipulate the search engines. And now with the more robust way that you can mark up a website and that you can use schema tags and um, JSON LD on the, on the back end HTML of your site, then what that has enabled uh, the marketplace to do is it can be geared around answering questions and which voice searches is, is predominantly for answering a question. You know, it's mm -hmm. uh, what time are the Bears playing this Sunday? Or, you know, when does Radio Shack close? Um, so a lot of it is is geared around a very specific answer. Mm -hmm. And so if you mark up your site and you have specific content that maybe ans answers the question, uh, if you're a landscaper, how early should I winterize my lawn in Utah? Then that's something that you can throw together an FAQ page or something along those lines. And if you mark it up correctly, then Google can now have a featured snippet or they can have something that gives that information and that authority and, and expert uh, response through voice search. Now, there's conjecture that Google is actually taking that information from various websites online. They're presenting it within their search interface and they're not actually letting that user go all the way down to the website. Mm -hmm. So there's so there's a little heartburn that's taking place that some of that traffic and some of that user experience is being hijacked uh, in the likes of Google. And while I, I, I can see that and I actually agree in some cases, there's some cases where 
you don't have a predisposition to go funnel down to a website and navigate through an FAQ, if you can get your answer quickly and efficiently, that's a better user experience. So that's where some small businesses that um, they're not going to be able to take voice search all the way down to the level of should I replace my furnace? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that's something that a technician and, a, and an SMB is going to have to be involved in that process. But questions around that, that's just another way for them to have authority and to build that trust that we talked about earlier if they're optimizing and providing content that can be used to answer those voice search specific questions. Mm-hmm. And do you see this as changing and developing? Because uh, when I think about voice search, I mean, I think about using it. Um, I'm here in the States. I really don't know what's around here for now. You know, find me a fish res- restaurant um, near this address, you know. So, I mean, with only they're saying, I think they're saying 15 percent of the people use voice search. But do you see that de- this developing and getting better over time as more people use it? I, I do. I absolutely do. Um that relates specifically that ex- that example you use. Find me a fish restaurant, um, you know, nearby. So there's proximity, there's location, there's mm-hmm. latitude, longitude, there's what services, is what type of food do you serve. All of those things can actually be in the markup of your actual website mm-hmm. on, on your menu page, and so that way Google can find that information and present it to the user through a voice search and say, hey, there's a fish restaurant just two blocks down the street and they have five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. So we, you can take away that inference model and you can give very, very hyper-specific information about your business to Google so that you can find, so that you can be shown and, and satisfy that voice search just the same as you would on a, a, you know, a mobile or a desktop traditional search. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, Jared, I'd like to. That, you know, this is really great, and we're learning a lot about you know how we're making small, small and medium businesses successful. But I'd like to. I just like to come back to you for a minute, and and your success you've had with technology companies. And um, what do you think? You know, if if there's a couple of things that make a startup successful, what are the most important things that you learned when you were doing three startups that makes a startup successful? Okay. Well, um, that's a good question. So the, I think the first thing that I would say is you have to start with a concept, right? You have to have a decent idea. Um, ideas are worth a penny a pound though, because there's a ton of good ideas that go by the wayside and that fail as businesses. So that's, that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. I think the biggest thing that I've seen and observed in my career is that you have to have an exceptional group of people and it really is the people, and they have to be executors. You have to be able to you can you can have a you can have a B idea, but you have to have grade A execution. And execution is is where it begins and ends within a business. Um, you can't wait around for other people to do something when you're in a startup environment. You have to roll up your sleeves. You have to be willing to do anything and everything. I remember early at Boostability. Uh, vacuuming the floors and bringing in a vacuum because we couldn't afford to have a cleaning crew, um, you know, cutting the wires and making the Ethernet cables because we couldn't buy them pre-made. Uh, it was cheaper for us to buy them and make them ourselves. And so 
you just really kind of have to look at it and do whatever is necessary. And if you don't know how to do it, learn it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I say the people. It has to be a, dispos- a disposition of people that really it's you don't have the attitude of, well, that's not my job. It's I'll get it done. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that's, yeah, that's a differentiator for sure. Yeah. So you get the idea, you get the concept, but it's really the people that drives it, the, if they're executors. So then in, during t- as you go on in time, okay, um, how do you know when it's time to accelerate? Okay, so you've got this, you've got it going, because that's where a lot of startups kind of run against the wall. They accelerate too early or, or they miss the boat. Um, is there any f- advice you have on that? Yeah, so a, a, lot of, a lot of businesses will either be overly cautious and they won't, they won't challenge their status quo and push the envelope forward, uh, maybe in sales or at the product level. And they'll be they'll be too they'll be too reticent to maybe sell something that's not fully baked, maybe not fully ready to to hit the marketplace, or all the bugs aren't worked out. And so they'll hold that back in in operation. They'll say they'll put the brakes on. Um, and then there's other companies that oversell to the moon and back, and they they overpromise and never deliver. Not not even under deliver. They just they can't do what they even promise. And so. There's a sweet spot of what I like to call healthy tension between your biz dev or your sales org and your operational side of your business. And and operations has to sanity check anything that's being done, but your biz dev and your sales needs to be pushing the company forward and making people uncomfortable because it's only it's only in that state of discomfort that growth at an individual level happens as well as the broader company. And so what I find is that companies that get into a kind of a, a lull or a, I'm comfortable with the status quo, they might last a little while, but they're eventually going to just die because you always have to be um, creating some discomfort, so to speak, so that you can, you can continue to move forward. Is there anything that that's really great advice, and I, I like that, um, and I like to kind of there's a sweet spot someplace in between there, and and um, is there any one mistake that you kind of have seen that that startups make? I mean, there's such a high failure rate. Um, what would be the biggest you know mistake you see they make when they're when they're starting their business? <sighs> The biggest mistake that I've seen in my career is is um, cancer within a company, mm-hmm. and and it's and that so you succeed at the personnel level, but you also can can erode and fail at the personnel level. So if you have people in your organization that are overtly negative or they're they're naysayers by nature, and they're kind of undermining or they introduce a red tape and bureaucracy and politics and things that that people. Yeah. At, at work, you have to cut that cancer out of the company. And sometimes you have to make really, really tough decisions. But if you don't address it right away, that cancer can eat your company mm-hmm. up from within. So okay. that's the biggest thing I've seen. Yeah. So we're getting we're getting towards the end of our show. So I kind of just like if you had, we've got SMBs listening, we've got uh, technology startups listening. Um, for the SMBs out there, if you had one piece of advice to make sure that they get found and they get customers, what would that be? 
advice for SMBs? Um, you know, find find a solid provider that gives you return for your money. Um, that one that is comfortable with accountability, one that is willing to show you the work that they do for you, and not to say trust me. Um, that's something that is a, is a one of our our uh, foundational things at Boostability is we are fully transparent in all the work that we do, and so. I like to see that in the industry. I think that we've kind of raised the bar, so to speak, in in that regard, where we've we've uh, challenged others and they've they've risen to that that level to be willing to share what they do. Because SEO has had this moniker of it's taboo or or it's you know witchcraft. Uh, it's not the case. It really is just it's uh, a work and a methodology and 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 um, putting the time in. And, and do just doing right by the customer, but also trying to envision that end user and helping them have a good experience. So we're, if you're in lockstep with Google, um, they, they want to provide a good user experience. And so if, you're, if your aim is the same, then you're kind of future-proofing yourself a little bit in that regard. And I think that's great advice, and it's great management advice also. So, Jared, thank you so much. It's been it's been such great pleasure talking to you, and I learned so much today. And for our listeners, we've been speaking with Jared Turner. He's uh, the co-founder of Boostability, which is a U.S.-based company, and I think you have an office in Berlin also, specializing in building the online presence of small businesses throughout the world by providing effective, affordable online marketing solutions. And Jared is the CTO at Boostability. You can connect with him on Twitter and LinkedIn under Jared Turner and go to Boostability's website under www.boostability and on Twitter and Facebook at Boostability and Instagram Boostability. And Jared, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure having you today. My pleasure. Thank you. And for our listeners, we've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. It's a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and also CINDA, the Search and Information Industry Association. CINDA holds conferences, and our next conference, the next conference of CINDA, will be held in Lisbon, October 13th to 16th. And you can join CINDA at that conference by going to www.cinda.com events, and you will be also be able to meet some of Jared's team and listen to a presentation from Boostability in Lisbon. Now, at Leadership Beyond Borders, we also provide leadership training with a focus on digital transitions, digital agencies, and we have the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. Now, if you'd like to contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis, please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. And also, please do not forget to tune in to us each week, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. And if you happen to miss us, you can download us on iTunes, Google Pay, and Stitcher. And with that, I'll be leaving you this week, and I hope to have you tune in again next week. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.